I believe that becoming a better man means being more reliable and more supportive in relationships. Whether that be with friends, family or partners, human connection is important for all of us. So I've designed a test that will help you improve yourself and your relationships. There's a link to it in the show notes. I'll tell you more at the end of this episode. For now, enjoy listening. She actually put her hands on my shoulders to pin me down, which just added to the anxiety and the uncertainty and the vulnerability. Welcome to Stories of Men, Beneath the Surface. I'm Alex Melia. Join me as we discover what it means to be a man in the modern era. COVID-19 pandemic at the beginning of 2020 was an incredibly scary time for many people, particularly the unpredictability of it all. Even more so for people whose family members were directly affected by COVID. Ketan Makwana is an award-winning small business owner. The pandemic took him completely by surprise. After testing positive, Ketan was at home with his wife and family, lying in bed, completely unaware of the severity of his condition. I hear the handle of the door and its lever turn left and right. It's very quiet and very dark. And as the door opens, this beam of light comes in and I could sense that someone was making her way to the bed very slowly. As simple as the flick of the switch that's switching on the light in in that room, my whole emotion changed with the same flick of that switch. It went from being kind of neutral or unbeknown to what's going on to bringing this whole level of anxiety into me. As I started to regain my focus, I could notice that she looked concerned, very serious, very somber. All I could think is, what is going on? The the shakiness of her hands, the breathing being kind of interrupted. This ensued more and more fear into me. I felt that this is more serious than what I first thought as she was making her approach. There was also this feeling of total vulnerability. And it's at that point where she actually put her hands on my shoulders to pin me down, which just added to the anxiety and the uncertainty and the vulnerability. Because I'm thinking, what the hell is going on here? I couldn't say anything. So the only way that I could express how I was feeling at that moment in time to Sonal was through action. I just could not get any words out of my mouth. She uttered these words that I will never forget in my life. Kat, this better be real. Sonal went on and repeated that statement three or four times. And then she's describing me as looking like a very pale, old, withered man. Someone who may not make it throughout the night. And this is when I started to understand what was going on. I was restless. I was obviously in bed. I'd had a fever. I was struggling to catch breath. One moment shivering to the next bit where I want to kick the duvets off, basically, because it's so hot. It was almost as if I was looking at myself out of the body almost urging it to do something and I just, it wouldn't respond. With all of that energy that I have in my body, I uttered five words. Don't send me to hospital. That's all I kept saying. I just kept repeating 
over and over and over again, like a broken record. Don't send me to hospital. Don't send me to hospital. Sonal had to make a decision. She looked at the condition that I was in and whatever her motivations were, she decided to step away from the bed, slowly leave the room, close the door. I never did get to hospital. One of the things, Ken, that I took out of this story was the unconditional love that Sonal had for you throughout the whole situation. Yeah, no, absolutely. Unden- undeniable, unconditional love. Um, and, you know, outside of all of the, that situation, there was obviously all the recovery, you know, being able to provide me with the the hot drinks on a regular, making sure that I'm eating on time um, and making sure I'm resting and, you know, coming in and checking on me on regular, you know, and at the same time, keeping a whole house going. We, you know, we've got two young, uh, we've got two kids. We've got, we've got a, a newly, uh, a, a newly sort of welcome puppy, um, and you've got a whole house to maintain as well. It's almost like a third child. Exactly that. It's almost like a third child. Well, almost I became the fourth child. So, so there you there you have it. You've got two kids of your own, a puppy, and then you've got this withered old man who's totally vulnerable. Um, you know that she has to look after. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it goes down to unconditional love and that automatic nursing and welfare that is ensued with someone who has that unconditional love. I mean, having someone there like Sonal to nurse you through the whole situation because I remember being in Budapest and I was in an Airbnb and I was single at the time still am actually <laughs> but um and I had I had COVID in the first three days a lot of the symptoms that you suggested but clearly yours were so much more extreme and to not have anyone there to look after you makes you realize actually I do appreciate being in a relationship no, 100%. I think in 2015, when I got malaria, and, um, you know, thankfully, the symptoms didn't start showing when I let when I was still in Nigeria, they, they started to happen when I was at home. You know, we, we, we'd been through that kind of cycle where I'd kind of been admitted into hospital and then moved to a, a, another centre um, at, at Churchill, uh, which is several miles from you know from Windsor to Oxford there was a daily run and my children were very young back then so my wife had to con- you know someone had to contend with the school runs the you know the making of uh, everything at home and then to be to, to get up to Oxford to see me and stuff like this I think there's a part of that which um kind of fell into what happened when when I had COVID I I feel that I got it so intensely because of the underlying effects of malaria and you know i'm still i'm still my body's still weak or weaker compared to 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 everyone else in the kind of family plus i add to this other things um which are like underlying conditions the toxicity the 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 disregard that you have for your own health um, when you stop listening to your own body in in particular ways. You know, the way we eat, the way we sleep, the way we exercise, um, you know, all of these things um, you may not feel or experience on a day-to-day basis, but when you get a trigger or pivot like a pandemic or like COVID, it almost accelerates or magnifies all of these things into one big thing and it's kaboom you know it just hits you like a like a bus so you know 
I'm I'm wholly grateful to anyone up there that's looking down on me. The the fact that I have a wife like Funnel that was there to to care for me. Otherwise, to be frank, I don't think you and I'd be having this conversation right now. Do you really think it would have been that bad? I think so. I think so. I think, you know, the state of mind that people go into, as I say, I'm quite a, a savvy guy. I, I kind of I'm I'm a world man. I know a lot about a lot in in this particular day way. But you know, when I was going through COVID, to not even know what day it is, what time it is, um, you know, the fact that I was eating or sleeping, it took me 15 minutes to to walk across from the guest room downstairs to to the toilet in the office uh, downstairs. It would take me about eight or nine minutes just to get a couple of words out. And usually I can talk for England, you know. So, so, the, so the point of this is, is what happened is, was not fake. It, it genuinely, um, it changes people. It changes lives. I mean, so many lives were lost. Um, and, and a lot of those being attributed to the fact that they didn't get ventilation or support at the right time. Um, and one of my biggest scares, and looking back now, the reason I kept uttering those words, don't let me go to hospital, is I was scared. Um, I was scared that if I went to hospital, I'd never come back. So, um, and I think more deeply uh, than that, you know, thinking about this while I'm talking to you, um, there's only one line of care that I could have ever trusted, and that's Sunnels, not not anyone else's. It's interesting because you say that the reason you kept uttering those words, don't don't send me to hospital, is because people were going to hospital and not coming back. But the original kind of understanding or thought I had from when you said this was, don't send me to hospital because it, it felt like a typical sort of male response of pride and I'm fine, don't send me to hospital, I, I'll, I'll recover by myself. And so many lives are lost through that sort of line of thinking as well. No, very true. You know, um, and, and this is why it comes back to listening to your body more than anything else. Sometimes you've got to put pride and ego aside. I've made some uh, massive changes um, to my life, not my lifestyle, not just my business life or my work life or my, my relationships, my whole life. Um, and these changes... Um, follow through from me recovering from COVID, not not because I got COVID. Um, I think that's the other thing that one needs to remember. I mean, um, people will go out there and want to change their body shape or they want to change their uh, 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 stress levels or their mental well-being, and they do it because of a reason, you know, uh, I want to lose weight because I'm fat or I, I've got a disfigurement or whatever it is, basically. But the truth of it is, is if you if you pursue it in that particular way, you're never going to be satisfied. You'll never reach the uh, centre. Remember, perfection is momentary. As soon as you hit perfection, you start that cycle again. Uh, whereas if I'd come out of this and said, I got COVID, I've got to change my diet, I've got to, I've got to be healthier, COVID can come again. And I could be, I could be bedridden again for three weeks uh, in this particular way. But if I changed all my diet, my mind and my body would be saying, you did everything and yet you're still in the same position. So you've got to do it for you, not because of something. Um, and that's what kind of ensued with me. I think, you know, coming out of this and gaining consciousness, I think 
I started to listen to, I was, you know, I was bedridden. I couldn't move. So the only thing I could do is have a conversation with my puppy or myself. And those conversations are like, what is it that your body's telling you that you're just not listening to or you're avoiding or you're resisting, um, you know, to take on board? Um, and that's why I say maybe COVID saved my life. Two to three weeks bedridden, not being able to move is a long period of time. I mean, when I got COVID, I was only bedridden for three days, something like that. And the beauty about all of that kind of being in that situation, it sounds strange to say beauty, but I feel like you're presented with an opportunity to make some big changes to your life in terms of self-reflection to because you can't you can't do anything else you can you can lie in bed so i feel like you've got two choices you can either take that time to really self self-reflect look at your whole life out in front of you and, and think to yourself okay am i happy with this i'm happy with that what can i be grateful for what can i improve or i'm picking up the phone for anyone who's who's just listening to this you can just distract yourself with mind-numbing content on social media and all these things and kind of feel like, you know what, I'm in such a terrible state right now, I'm going to escape from the situation that I'm in. It's funny It's funny you say that. Um, and again, the conversation that I had with myself isn't a reflection conversation. It was actually, it was almost Jekyll and Hyde. I was almost on one side, I was just like, why have you been avoiding the things that I've been telling you. And it's almost like having two, a devil and a, an angel on your shoulders, basically, uh, you know, bleeding, uh, whispering into each of the ears. And then I kind of go down that stage to try and find a reason. And really, it was only until I got to that stage where I had accepted I am where I am because of what I've ignored or chosen to ignore in my life previously. You know, I've had a very, very hectic 12, 15 years. I've multiple startups. I've worked, uh, you know, across many countries. I was doing, I was doing five continents, 42 cities, 250 events every year for five years straight. You know, I, I was negating um, my kids growing up because I was traveling the world. I would be, um, you know, alongside all of that, I had a very toxic relationship with alcohol. Not, I wasn't alcoholic, but I used to be very, you know, you, you work hard, you play hard, that kind of scenario. We got to a stage where I was ashamed to come home drunk. So I used to wait until my kids went to school in the morning before I came home. Go to sleep. Yeah, go to sleep until 11 o'clock in the... For 8 o'clock in the morning, I'd come in completely drunk. 11 o'clock, I'd, uh, I'd sleep until 11 and then I'd get up and go back to work again. And that type of thing um, wasn't done because of something. It was just... It just naturally ensued. You live a fast life in, in this particular way. Social media had this whole accelerating effect to it. You know, you kind of all want to show the good life, the high life, the entrepreneurial life. You know, you're on a plane, you're here, you're there, all of these kind of things. But for what? You know, so when I, when I, when I, kind of really recovered and I became more uh, ambulated with um, post-COVID and I was moving around, um, I, I, I wanted to get back into the connections straight away. Um, back then, a lot of people were using that, um, 
Yeah, Clubhouse. That's right. That's the one. And um, the, one of my friends was uh, hosting a, a chat and I said, I want to come on. And he goes, OK. And someone else was on that chat that I know as well. And I was still struggling to get my words out. My The other friend of mine was WhatsApping me saying, just forget it, go you know, leave it. Um, just go and look after yourself because you still sound really, really bad. And it's at that point I thought to myself, see, I'm still trying to go back to being the old. And that the, the, the message I want to get out to people here is you'll, you will find those momentary lapses, um, but it's acknowledging that it's a lapse. It's a part of who you are. It's part of your DNA that you then have to just come up with and say, look, I've got to move on. My attitude, my mentality, my behavior today is very, very different. You know, 28th of December 2020 was the last time that um, I had an alcoholic drink. Okay. Uh, I didn't stop because I want, uh, because it was like, oh, my health and oh, it's better for me. I, for, you know, for the three or four weeks, past the 28th of December, I was bedridden. When I was going through recovery for the next three or four weeks, um, basically, I just had no appetite or uh, or requirement for any alcohol. So I'd gone almost three or four months without it. So then it turned into this kind of, oh, well, let's see how long you can go. A year later, I'm just like, I'm a sharper thinker. I, I'm, I'm less uh, moody. I've got... Uh, I've got a better appetite for life. I wake up early. I go to sleep even earlier. You know, I, I enjoy my food. So all of these things started to ensue me, which just kept me going and going. Um, so it wasn't, it was a decision rather than a motivation um, that got me there. And I've got to a stage now where I go out, everyone's drinking. I don't have a problem with that. In fact, my wife loves it now because we can go out and uh, she can have a drink and I drive home, basically. It's, 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 it's a brilliant thing. It connects more than just the health thing. It has changed my whole life. And the fact of it is, is it took the COVID, it took COVID to come enter my body uh, where my whole body shut down. To, not for me to realise, but to almost put me onto that uh, road where I had to have that serious conversation with myself, that I had to accept certain things about the way I am, who I am, what I am. My relationships at home were really, really bad because, because uh, up, you know, up to those kind of points, because it's not because I was aggressive because I was drunk and drinking. It's because I was ashamed. You know, I didn't want to have contact with the outside world outside of the, the three people that in this home. And even then those conversations weren't brilliant. You know, it's, uh, it doesn't change overnight. It kind of improves over time. But from, as I say, from, I could have carried on down that path. I could have had COVID for two or three days, just like, yourself and and then thought okay back to normal back to life and you just carry on hustling the way that you've been hustling because you think you can do all of that going back to that time in bed for those few weeks that you were bedridden where do you think you would be now if you hadn't gone through that scenario because I feel like that was very much a trigger for my life needs to change for me and my family where would you be now if you hadn't had that realization in that bed for that period of time? I think honestly, speaking quite frankly and honestly to you, um, I don't think I would be here. The unconditional love of your partner to nurse you back to full health 
is a reminder that these are the people who really love and care about us. And that we may think sometimes that our drinking buddies and work colleagues care about us, but would they be there to support us in the way that our partners are doing now? That business culture in London is something that I've been a part of, but I can't honestly say that any real true friendships emanated from that. If people like Ketan and Jonathan are out till 4 or 5 a.m. every single night, drinking and doing other things, what are they running from? It got me thinking about this constant pursuit of money as well, this chasing element, and when is enough enough? Why are our priorities scrambled where we put money and possessions above everything else? COVID was, in a strange way, great for people as they could finally come off that hamster wheel and reassess their whole life and decide how they want to move forward. Will people have that opportunity again in their lives, I wonder? For men, money is a big construct of our egos and it allows us to feel more masculine as it's a symbol of success and achievement for many people. I really don't know how Ketan did that constantly for five years. I remember being a young, energetic 21-year-old and once every couple of weeks, I would stay out till 3 or 4am and then go straight back into work next day. It absolutely killed me then. So to do it as a 36-year-old now is absolutely unthinkable. Ketan was doing this as a late 30s man with a wife and two young kids at home. There's definitely been an element of chasing money in my life. Whether I'd made a ton of money or I was just making enough to get by, I've experienced both. I don't think it's changed my day-to-day level of happiness. I remember reading previously about how the law of diminishing returns revolves around money, where you could earn a certain amount let's say $75,000, I think it was said in this report, and any more than that wouldn't make you any happier. Now, this was an older study, so I'm not sure how that holds up in a cost of living crisis that we're going through right now, but it's still a very valid and interesting point to make. Let's be honest, money isn't going to hold your hand on your deathbed, but if you treat your family right, then hopefully they will. Nobody's sitting there on their last day on earth and with their last breath saying, I wish I'd worked harder. However, they might be saying, I wish I'd been kinder, or I wish I'd spent more time with my children. Before you go, I need to tell you about our man test. Because as men, we can struggle to forge strong relationships, often by being bad communicators. I've definitely been there. This podcast is about helping you better understand who you are as a man to become the best version of yourself. And the team and I have designed a simple quiz for you to discover more about your identity as a modern man. It takes less than three minutes to complete and it's going to help you establish better relationships and form stronger connections. Whether that's with your partner, friends or co-workers, the man quiz is going to help you become more trustworthy, reliable and dependable in all your relationships. Find the link to the quiz in the show notes now. You never know, you might just learn something new about yourself that you didn't know before.